This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Uh, the opinions expressed on this upcoming show are not necessarily those of the regents of the University of California, nor the management of um, KUCI. Um, this is Dan Zhang with Subversity here on KUCI. Um, today we're going to be talking about the proposed uh, student fee increase again at the University of California system. And with us are a couple of activists uh, in, from graduate school here. Um, Fernando Chirino, who's in uh, sociology, and uh, Robert Wood, who's a competent uh, graduate student. Welcome. Um, thank you for having us. Um, what do you think? Uh, I mentioned that uh, in my announcement of this uh, show, uh, I mentioned that the students are frustrated. You're more than frustrated, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, this is an outrage, really, when we start thinking about the sort of direction that the university is going, because it serves as a microcosm for the direction that society at large is going. It seems like nonstop, you know, it's like every year it's going to go up. Last year it went up 30-some percent. Uh, this year, so-called, supposedly 8 percent. Yeah, no, um, um, I've I've been here, um, so this is my, my eighth year. Um, I transferred in um, as an undergrad and so I've I've done three years undergrad and then five years as a graduate student and mm-hmm. I don't remember a single t- year where tuition or fees or whatever didn't go up um, so it's really it's the the hikes are getting more drastic but they've been there for a while the master plan for California says you cannot uh, call it um, tuition uh, supposedly um, you can go to school here <laughs> for tuition free so they did a little, um, you know, word play, and they called it fees instead of tuition. So now they're trying to even get rid of. I think the Cal State system is going to vote on getting rid of the word uh, fee and make it tuition. So, so the master plan is gone, right? The California master plan is really not here anymore. No, in fact, uh, the same proposal is going through for the UC system as well to call it tuition. Yes. Because the problem was the veterans, I think, that came back from Iraq, they, they were not able to get some federal money because the federal money only goes to tuition, not to fees. <laughs> and so uh, they, they were in a bind. Oh, so, well, I mean, that, that might be like the, the pretty justification for it. But if you're a TA here, um, the change from fee to tuition changes things like stipends are available to us and things like that. So it's how, actually, does that how does that do that? Um, so I know a bunch of the contracts that a lot of people have with the university has the, um, it, stuff goes to covering fees rather than tuition. I mean, it's sort of a semantic play, um, mm-hmm. but it, it carries a lot of danger in it, depending on how, how brutal really the, the regents and the rest of the school want to get. So there are other implications. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, uh, in the last negotiations, uh, the, the, um, uh, university side refused to sort of, uh, sort of acknowledge that sort of the fee remission would cover something called tuition and that they said they had would have to go back to their people to discuss it so it's up in the air most of the people i've talked to sort of say that contractually sort of their that that expectation is but um it's but they refuse to sort of take a a firm stand one way or the other oh because uh tas generally get uh fee remission precisely for um for teaching so they don't have to pay out-of-state um, fees. Well, usually, right? Well, they well, it's that we get in-state fees um, taken care of. Oh, remitted. Oh, I see. CAs. Oh, I see. Okay. 
and we're sort of expected uh, for, we're expected to sort of uh, become state citizens. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it, it's actually I I kind of want to go back to um, you brought up the the, the master plan, um, and really while I think the outer appearance of it has changed in terms of um, fees and tuition and stuff like that, I mean honestly I think that the underlying function um, is still intact if we understand that function um, to be one that serves the interests of you know imperialism and capital. It's not a accident that while we're getting these massive um, um, fee increases and stuff like that, that research grants to the university um, are increasing re related to military research, to um, just all kinds of things. There, uh, we just found out that apparently um, UCI won about $220 million over five years from the Department of Defense. Um, so, you know, it just, it just, um, it's, it, it definitely depends on how people view the master plan. People, without that deeper long-term, I think, understanding of what the UC and even the Cal State system represents, um, miss, miss kind of the, the big point. Um, so that's the overall picture. Yeah. So it wasn't really to educate Californians, you think? No, it's, it's, I mean, it's really to, you know, it's, it's ideological apparatus. It's, it's legitimizing new policies, new, new agendas, uh, training future leaders, recruiting future leaders, um, and I mean, they've been fairly successful, really. It's the elite university system, after all. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, so, how does that um, jibe with the, f uh, the other thing they're going to discuss this week? The regions are meeting this uh, later this week. Is the increase in out-of-state and foreign students who are going to uh, come to UC, and they pay, uh, you know, twenty-three thousand dollars more, mm -hmm. uh, or so. So it's like over thirty thousand the whole or the whole system of fees, whatever you call it. So um, it seems to me it's a kind of a zero-sum game, right? If you have more out-of-state and foreign students, you're going to have fewer California students. Yeah, no, and, um, you know, we're also looking up some, some other statistics regarding, you know, um, California admissions, not just in the university, but also prison stuff like that. Um, you mm. know, this, this sort of larger gentrifying um, tendency has made it so that whereas affirmative action at one point had changed a little bit of the um, representation or whatever of uh, students of color at, at the university right now. Um, apparently, the UC system has 3.7% per of students on campus at a UC are, are black. And when you compare that to the statistic for um, the representation of blacks in, in jail or prison, uh, which is about 29% in California, that's, wow. that's, a, that's a very stark statistic. That's, that's like between seven, eight, eight times greater representation in one institution over the other. And it's not an accident that the one institution is, you know, fairly fascist in its, in its um, arrangement. How many, um, how many Latinos are here? Um, at, at the UC, apparently it's about 16% Latino. At the UC, uh, at UCI, it's 13%. And the population is what? Um, California. I'm not too sure what the population yeah. of California is. The population, or um, Latinos account for about 39% of all inmates in prison in California, though, right mm. now. And um, they, they just counted, I just saw a statistic saying that uh, Latinos now represent over 50% of the school uh, students in the, in the elementary and uh, secondary, uh, middle and secondary schools. Mm -hmm. So um, th it seems like... Uh, they're just pricing it out of the market for certain types who would want to come to UC. Um, and, uh, Absolutely. How does... Uh, I know the student regent, Jesse uh, Chang, is going to vote against it. 
um, like the previous one did last time. And uh, but that's probably a pro forma thing, and it's it's not going to stop it. Uh, obviously, um, what 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 avenues? Uh, somebody wrote me an email and said, "Well, you guys aren't going to do what the British people are doing in London." Uh, <laughs> You have democracy now. You have a uh, representative on the regions. So, is that what democracy does to you? Well, I mean, that's 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 actually a really really funny thing that they would call one one student regent on the board of regents or whatever uh, democratic, when obviously students account for more than what that proportion breaks down to, right? Like we students, both undergraduate and graduate students, should represent a larger bulk of that of that board of directors and workers as well on campus, right? It's also I don't think there's worker representation on the border regions. Yeah. None whatsoever. And it's also notable that sort of who the regions are have shifted over the years. It used to be that regions um, uh, were, came out of a multiplicity of careers, but increasingly they're um, executives, they're financial people, they're very, very wealthy people. And that's a distinct shift from earlier periods of who the regents are. So on uh, one hand, sort of, we're offered this token of the students. On the other hand, the meaningful representation, that which comes from the regents, is uh, shrunk to a very small percentage of, of, of the um, population, a distinctly um, classed group. There are people of color on there, obviously. Uh, I mean, the, the person who runs uh, Lao Pinyong is on the regents. Um, and so, um, you know, you can't say that it's all, all, all white uh, border regions or, or, or male either. Yeah, no, that's 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 why, you know, um, most of the people involved in, in these demonstrations and civil disobedience, stuff like that, that's why we stress a structural argument um, that, you know, sort of goes goes beyond sort of the facade of, you know, multiculturalism sure, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we, we definitely stress, you know, the structural function that people on UC regions represent, where they come from, where they were educated, because obviously these aren't people um, necessarily coming straight up or even right now pertaining to a very sort of, you know, representative pool of what, what the working class is, even in California, with what, like 12%, is it 10%, 12% unemployment in California? I think 12%. Would they still, yeah, would they still try to, uh, uh, if they got rid of this California plan, are they planning to admit certain um, students from high schools? A certain percentage will automatically get considered for UC, or, or, or is that by the wayside still also? Uh, I don't actually know the, d the details yeah. about that. Um, yeah, it seems like they are recruiting abroad. I saw an article today that said UC is now UCI even went to China, went to Hong Kong, and tried to recruit foreign students. Um, so because they bring in the money, uh, in theory, of course not everybody over there is rich, but who can afford it? It's over thirty thousand a year. Um, so what what? Do the students here, or you, you? I know you guys have been meeting to discuss uh, different strategies. What, what might be happening on campus that you think, uh, and are you getting any resistance to that? Well, um, we're attempting to plan a rally for Thursday at noon at the Flags. However, uh, the our ability to get space has been uh, quite difficult. Uh, and uh, sort of groups as a whole have been having difficulties getting um, reservations for protests this year. Yeah, no, I mean, and uh, when 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 you think about it, I think the UC system in general, 
um, has to start repressing openly its students and workers. Um, there's no way that people are going to continue to sort of sit back and allow these kinds of attacks on uh, essentially working class communities and working class communities of color in particular. Um, we're not going to let that, that slide. So, you know, this is... It, it, it's not just us not being able to or getting hassled about re, um, reserving the free speech zone, right? It's it's funny that you have to reserve the free speech zone. Um, yeah, very small part of a public university. Yeah. Yeah, just um, one but, square foot or something. <laughs> a few square feet. Yeah. yeah, and for an hour, right? Free, free speech is from 12 to 1. And uh, it just, it just. I mean, it's it's a sham, right? And this is these are actually great opportunities to talk about the power relations, underscoring even something like free speech, right? Free speech isn't free. Um, you have to ask permission, mm-hmm. and there's people who determine who gets say what and when. Who determines that? Uh, as of right now, it's the people in scheduling and conferences. I don't actually know the individuals there, but um, they're the ones who are sort of the gatekeepers of. Um, a lot of the actions on campus. I understand they're asking for even a list of speakers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I guess they want to to pre-approve what gets said <laughs> or whatever. I also want to make. A, I think another point sort of is really useful to bring up at this point, which is to say that I think we should read this resistance to sort of allowing public events to show precisely the kind of power that these kind of these public protests have had over last year. That these weren't sort of. Uh, these were meaningful events, and that protests um, in a public space still mean something. It still has an impact that uh, can't be denied. I think last year, the protests here, I think, were very uh, mixed, uh, you know, um, class-wise and also uh, ethnic-wise. And so I think it did have an impact. People were struck by it, uh, definitely. Yeah, no, and uh, like, you know the the rules of free speech and this and that on on campus have really ritualized protests so that it's almost this like empty symbolic event however what 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 we've seen is that um since things are getting worse right because things are definitely getting worse um this sort of empty ritualization has turned into a way to recruit a lot more people into a broader based movement um that actually has the potential to disrupt not just UCI but the UC system in general and Honestly, that's really at the heart of our power as students and workers on this campus is the ability to to disrupt the functions of the of the university. Um, and earlier this year, the earlier this uh, school year, there was a, a protest, right? And people were marching around, and a very small number of people. But the university freaked out, and they had uh, shut down um, the administration building, and um, and also stationed uh, riot police inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think they are overreacting? Uh, well, if, if, if I were in their position, I was trying to, to protect this sort of um, private education system, right? Because we can't call it public education when, when undergrads have to play, pay, what, 12000 13000 a year to, to come here. Like uh, I, I would definitely be, be nervous because, you know, there's a, there's a realization that while we can blame the protesters that... Um, you know, we're being disruptive. We're not the ones instituting 32% increases, 8% increases. So you think the protests will get more militant? Uh, I mean, I, I, that all depends on, I, I guess, the, the reaction of the university and, and, and how bad things get. Um, it's, it's not really... Uh, a lot of this is uh, organizing reaction to a worsening condition rather than sort of anticipating or, or you know causing it beforehand 
it's, it's also sort of interesting, sort of, it's one of these things where I think sort of uh, what sort of is considered out of the ordinary here is so so minor compared to sort of protests in other other spaces. So that, like, I mean, for us to, to sort of have a bullhorn sort of is this great to do, <laughs> whereas sort of, uh, you know, it would be yeah. sort of everyday life in a lot of other places. Yeah. I mean, look at what's happening in London. I mean, the students are just going um, quite militant. Um, and in France before, and, um, you know, so... And I think there's there's something to learn from that, not necessarily particular techniques, but the sort of refusal to accept to accept um, conditions as inevitable, and also to sort of think about our education as a right rather than a privilege. Uh, last year, you took over some uh, people. Some people took over some buildings and also did some sit-ins, um, and um, and there was uh, material passed out. You know about um, what, an alternative view of uh, public education, what kind of courses you want taught, uh, type of uh, thing, uh, types of, um, you know, education you want to go on. Uh, do you envision some some takeovers this time, or do you want to talk about that? Well, I mean, I think I think I think people are, are learning and improvising. Um, mm. I, I know I won't be participating in any of that because I'm a, I'm on probation for participating in the sitting last year. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it just it just and you know, I mean, while I'm I'm not necessarily supposed to be out here as a, as an organizer talking about you know the potential sort of disruptive impact that protests or this that might have. Uh, the reality of it is that you know at the UCLA Regent meeting last. Um, last year, you had cops tasering black students. This is out in front of everybody to see. Um, and so, you know, like like the the claims of racism that a bunch of us who have a structural um, analysis um, share are really becoming manifest and proven to be true to a lot of people. So, so really, it's not it's not. I'm I'm actually more. I'm not worried about how militant students get. I'm actually worried about how vicious administration and police departments on campuses are going to get. They share the police, right? I mean, the UCI police went to UCLA during the regents' meeting, and um, there were, you know, scenes of you know guns or rifles or whatever they were sh- pointed at students, um, and so it became quite um, antagonistic, uh, and people's fingers were, you know, smashed and stuff. And uh, so, uh, did there was there an investigation of that? Uh, anything happened with that? Do you know? I have not. I have. I have no idea. Um, but but we did recognize some UCIPD uh, on the front lines of those protests. There's usually pro forma investigations, but as far mm. as we could tell, uh, actual sort of um, uh, results to those have not been forthcoming. So do, do you see uh, where where is the Regents meeting this uh, week? San Francisco. Ah, so um, the the rally would be timed on the same day, right? Thursday. It'll be well, the, the UCI rally. The, the, the Regents meeting is actually going on, um, I think it starts tomorrow Wednesday. and goes until oh, when, oh, 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 yeah. Thursday. I, they're, yeah. they're usually a, a, a three-day event or whatever. I think they're voting on the tuition thing, uh, on, thing on Wednesday. Oh, on Wednesday, oh. I think. Yeah, and historically sort of um, trying to set up a demo on the basis of the time that they're going to have their vote doesn't really work very well. What tends to happen is that if they find out that you're going to have huge rallies, they'll push the vote up forwards. Mm, they'll switch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of their their processes are not terribly transparent. 
So you think it's a foregone conclusion, right? Or, or do you think there's a way to stop that uh, fee increase? Um, I think. I, well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm sort of a a cynic. I like to to, to plan for the worst, right? Um, I think I think the eight percent increase is sort of already being pushed through. Um, and you know, it's 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 really messed up when you when you think about. It. So this eight percent increase um, is sort of compounding on the thirty two percent increase that already happened last um, last year. So you know, as opposed to doing simple math in terms of eight plus thirty two forty percent increase, it's actually a little bit more than that. And uh, I, I think I think since two thousand um, uh, fees or tuition, whatever you want to call it, has has, has essentially doubled. Mm. Um, and that's 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 not a public education, right? How about the argument? I know the administration you probably will argue that we're still the lowest publicly funded uh, system um, of this size, I guess, of its size, whatever. Well, that's why the sort of the movement that we're a part of isn't simply sort of set in the state of California itself. We're responding to our specific conditions, but you also see protests going on uh, throughout the country and in fact um, internationally so we I mean I think that sort of the fact that sort of everyone public so-called public education is increasingly privatized doesn't defend any of those individual decisions I mean you've been at it for a few years do you see uh, is there a problem recruiting new people to join your ranks uh, I think I think the UC regions and, and school administrations are doing that for us uh, yeah, that we're not. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's definitely good to sort of direct people and say, hey, you know, these are the organizations involved in this in this broader movement. Uh, come on, but really, I think I think I think the administrators and the managers of this UC system are are doing that job for us. They they managed to bring out uh, thousands for um, the March Fourth rally last year, for instance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, are you optimistic about? I mean, is there room for optimism in this um, scenario then? I mean, what what do you look forward to, I guess? I, th- I think one of the things that's important to remember is that these protests have an impact on what, how the administration, what the administration thinks they can do and what they can't do. The thing is, they're never going to announce the kind of um, increases in tuition that they didn't pass because of the protest. They don't want it to, exp- to, to sort of expose our, the effectivit- effectiveness. Mm-hmm. That's something that you, you invariably find out about afterwards. But sort of, we c- you can never predict how protest will affect things. But it invariably does have an impact. Although I think they did, uh, in one way, they did um, uh, publicize. They, there was a... Um, new invention for of and the sciences of a tv image kind of multi-image screen thing and that was being partied as one of these things they can you know private versus public that they can sell to Ah. you know industry uh, to have uh you know multimedia screens in your office (laughs) or in somebody's building i don't know and one of the images they portrayed and uh they would showed it to the chancellor and uh I happened to be in that building, CalIT actually, um, for another meeting, and they were showing it to him. And uh, Vice Chancellor Gomez was there too. Everybody, uh, lots of the top people, and uh, at the time, and <coughs> this is last year, and they showed the demonstrations, uh, the student demonstrations, as one of one of the clips they showed on this multimedia screen. Is how great it is. We have this free speech zone, and people are going around, you know, yelling yeah. and yelling and protesting. Uh, going back to to your point about about is there any optimism in this? Uh, I, there's there's 
there's always as long as there's struggle there's always optimism um it's 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 when we've been so thoroughly repressed and you know either silenced eliminated put in prison whatever um that that's 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 really the end of optimism at least for a little for a little while but struggles struggles always good or maybe more specifically within our situation when uh we as students and workers um remain silent and consent to these uh, decisions yeah, I mean, I was at a class, uh, I gave a talk at a class uh, last week, and I I told the students that I'm an optimist, you know, I've been doing this stuff for years, and I wouldn't be doing it unless I feel that there's a possibility of change. Otherwise, why do it? You know, you have to be, you have to keep some level of hope <laughs> that uh, things are going to get better uh, through collective action. Yeah. Yeah. And how about the, uh, I mean, in terms of what, what 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 will you line up then uh, at this talk? Would the would undergrads be involved at this uh, lecture, uh, whatever the rally? I guess. Oh um, yeah rally. yeah uh, at the rally uh, yeah well we're, we're we're still finalizing uh, those details because of the problems we're having with schedule with, with scheduling um, the rally. Although I mean, it's it's posted on Facebook. I think if you if you keyword search um rally at uci um fee hikes again or something like that you you, you should be able to, to to find it um yeah i think i think we're going to be out there regardless of whether to give us the sound permit or not um yeah and there'll, there'll be undergrads graduate students uh union folks workers etc involved yeah i think everybody's outraged by it so i think there should get uh you should get be able to get a big turnout um what if they do crack down? What would if they don't give you the permit? You still try to have um, um, a presence. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think uh, as as we're talking about optimism and, and struggle, right? That we could um, sort of seize the the opportunity to show the hypocrisy in the university talking about free speech this and what is it they they say uh they encourage civil discourse and like the marketplace of ideas and this and that meanwhile they're they're denying uh you know a ragtag group of students who are angry about the the way that the school's being run um sound permit and stuff like that i think yeah i think i think i think it's i mean that's 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 being dialectical about it right a simple access to a forum you know not not nothing much more other than simply being able to be in the public collectively you're listening to subversity here on KUC I'm talking with a couple of student activists who are, are reacting to the uh, fee hikes that are going to go on uh, apparently uh, that the regions are voting on this week um, do you think that um, the student disciplinary code should be changed because I know they've used that against you guys um and other people who have um, been punished, and other people have been punished, um, even for actions they take, uh, free speech actions they take on other campuses, uh, not even UC campuses. Uh, I know that um, one of the activists was uh, punished for, you know, doing stuff at uh, protesting at another, at a Cal State, for instance. Mm -hmm. Why should um, off-campus behavior be subject to disciplinary code? Well, the problem with the disciplinary code is that it's often often quite vaguely written and contradictory that if you talk to uh, lawyers, the last thing they ever want to do is get involved in disciplinary procedures because hmm. of um, the sort of complex and contradictory nat nature of these sort of these these sort of procedures, which are neither really um, um, 
ju- judicial or disciplinary, nor are they sort of, um, you know, meetings. So that sort of they use these two rule systems to sort of, depending on what's more useful for them at a particular moment. And then the rule systems themselves are open to a lot of interpretation. So the, um, so do you, f- I mean, as a student, you are subject to some rules on campus. Mm-hmm. Do you consider um, walking through a classroom to tell them about a protest, is that considered disrupting a class or not? Uh, well, according to the school's rules and stuff like that, it absolutely constitutes disruption, this and that. I think, I think those of us, especially those of us who are, you know, educators on this campus would, would say that this actually promotes education, right? That we are not, not just educating students as to the sort of social context they're in, but also preparing them to, you know, when they, students aren't students forever. When they get out into the real world and start facing the, the problems that the real world has, there's not, I mean, there's no, there's no safety net there. You know, this, this sort of off-campus policing and stuff like that. That that might be new at the at the UC and even Cal State level, but I mean this is you know working class brown and black communities everyday existence right being policed in and outside of your own neighborhood. And let's be honest, uh, everything we've seen at the UC system has been quite mild compared to those situations. Um, additionally, I think that we could when we think about disruption, when somebody enters into a classroom to inform about budget cuts and to inform about a protest, this is a very visible. Um, form of disruption. But we also have to think about sort of the invisible forms of disruption that are occurring. The, the students who can't go to, sc- who can't sort of re-enroll in school are, are more profoundly disrupted. In some ways, we could think about the action of coming into the classroom as making visible those invisible forms of disruption, of making people aware that they're losing their public education and, being, and many people being forced out to the outside of that system. Is UCI still cracking down on chalking? Uh, that's not something that uh, uh, we've tried, uh, at least recently. Um, I can't imagine that that they would, but it, I mean, it, it it wouldn't surprise me. They're at administrators and managers always start panicking once once um, collectives start forming that want to resist, particularly here. Because you've you've taken, I know some not you personally, but other people in in the protest groups have taking pictures of police tearing down leaflets and announcing demonstrations and then uh, also cracking down on uh, chalking. Um, although chalking could be washed away with water easily. Yeah, you can even rub it out with your feet. And, like, that's not even... <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It invariably wears away in a couple of days, even if you don't do anything. So they haven't taken much action recently on that, uh, you're, you're not aware of? Hey, well, I mean, I, I haven't seen too much chalking on campus, but, mm-hmm. I mean, really it's a matter of time. Um, just wait until the 8% gets gets put through. Uh, right now the timeline is when would they put it through? It's coming up for this meeting oh, between the... Um, the no, I meant when would it uh, apply? Oh, that I'm not sure about. It, it's this year, right? It's a, middle, a mid-year increase, I guess, you call it. Uh, we... Th- think it's in winter, Scott? Winter? Yeah. Uh, and so how would it affect you personally, I mean, in, in terms of your graduate work? Uh, would it, would they give you more money for TA-ship then or whatever? Well, it's, I mean, right now it's very directly affecting us because our, we are currently work, working without a contract. Oh, I see. Yeah. We're, um, and part of the reason why is this question of tuition versus fees. I see. Yeah. And how will that affect our contract? Hmm. Although um, we're also sort of paid 
considerably less than most uh, TAs throughout the country. And um, the university is once again offering us less than sort of inflationary um, increases. Uh, I mean, and, and, and on top of the, the um, wages and stuff like that, there's also workload. Um, like right now, I'm, I'm TAing um, an upper division class in sociology that has about 110 students in it. Um, that's 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 fairly ridiculous. That's that's a that's a how many students? Uh, about 110. And um, you're just one TA? Yeah, just one TA and one professor. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, and you know, I've, I've I've talked to you know professors and people with PhDs that you know went to school 20, 30 years ago, and they told me that the cap was about 60 students. Now apparently the cap is 110. Otherwise, I'd have another TA helping me. Yeah, I uh, thought it was every 30 students you get a TA. No. Or maybe it used to be. Well, not, not for me and, and not for most people, I think, <laughs> yeah. in, in TA in positions. It's really department by, by department. But yeah. it's sort of, that is literally a situation in which our contract is being broken openly. Uh, do, uh, do you uh, worry about the kind of out of, um, what do you call it, out of uh, something, out of class, uh, not out of class, out of, uh, you know, the, the salaries that go to administrators, uh. they're kind of out of step, I guess that they give uh, and it seems to be always retroactively approved even though they violate some regental policy so now they're supposed to approve them before they do it but even if they don't then they approve it ret- uh, retroactively so it uh, doesn't seem to have any effect <laughs> yeah and you know that's that's it's it, it's interesting you know because there's there's all these attacks not just attacks uh through through fee hikes or you know um pumping out you know imperialist research and stuff like that but i mean also and you know increases in 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 uh um, workloads, but in terms of 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 cracking down on on students um, in in their own spaces, it seems kind of kind of outrageous that they would say you know say that we're all sacrificing. When I think Udoff was making eight hundred thousand dollars last year, then he decided out of you know his own benevolent huge heart to give like twenty percent of his stuff up. He's still making over half a million dollars a year, not including perks, bonuses, all the extra stuff, the fact that, you know, they don't have to pay rent or transportation, all this stuff. Drake I think is making what, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand a year? I mean, talk about sort of a, a disconnect in terms of sacrifice. Who's sacrificing? And additionally, um the university has shifted to a space in which we have more and more administration mm-hmm. and less and less full-time faculty. So, in fact, there are actually more administrators at the university than there are uh, tenured faculty. Really? Yeah. Well, and it's not because there's a decrease in faculty as a whole, but increasingly you're having sort of precarious faculty, uh, lecturers, adjuncts, people who, do, who do, don't benefit from sort of the right mm-hmm. to tenure. Mm-hmm. So this, these vice chancellors get in, keep increasing, and, and uh, so levels of bureaucracy keep increasing. Yeah, see, CFOs are also making, uh, I mean, bank, just, just crazy money. I, th- I think that the head coach at UC Berkeley is making something like $2 million a year. I mean, that's, that's you know, I mean, that's a, that's a nice joke to play on the rest of us. <laughs> we don't have a football team here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> But so if I remember um, correctly, the yeah. basketball the basketball coach was being offered quite a bit of money as well. I don't. We were talking about hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars. Yes. Yeah. Sports. Sports is king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, how would you? Um, you don't like uh, military research. What would you do about it? Uh, well, I mean, if if I could wave a magic wand or whatever, I would absolutely. Well, well, first of all, to show how 
ugly and how tied into military and imperialist research the universities i would disclose all the contracts and all the research grants that you know the, the school gets through homeland security mm. the center for unconventional security affairs which is located in the new social science behavioral or whatever that that building is over there um i mean th these are these are massive um sort of research units at a at a university that's you know their their main pur purpose is to both uh, recruit new researchers and you know leaders and policy advocates and all that stuff. But I mean, it's also to legitimize these fairly horrible, I mean, murderous mass mass murderous um, agendas. You don't see that there's a need to prepare for terrorism. Um, I think I think I think there's some of us who who've already experienced terrorism, not from any external force, but from within this society. So I mean, yeah, yeah. So um, I mean how. I mean, this right now it's like seems like you cannot. I mean, we don't have the power, I guess, to restructure this education system. Um, so you have to take uh, small steps. Mm -hmm. well, do you agree with that? Or? Um, I think I think there's a there's a process of development you know, of movement and stuff like that. But you know, when when you're first, you know, I, I made reference to uh, terrorism in our own community and stuff like that. You know, the the fact that Oscar Grant's murder can be sort of captured and displayed on YouTube for everybody to see, and not just YouTube, but like public access TV and all that stuff. Um, um, I think um, I think little, we we have to be prepared for little steps, but we should be pushing the envelope as much as possible. And he only got uh, the the perpetrator only got two years. The guy who killed him only got what two years, right? Uh, I don't actually know what the sentence was. Was it two years? Yeah, and, uh, and with. Uh, a sort of uh, probation would probably be about seven months. I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised you didn't get time served. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think that one of the reasons why that there was a need to have this trial was because, uh, like, people in the city of Oakland were um, in uprising for months and months, and in some ways, that they had to respond to that. Well, uh, we're coming up to our end of our time. Uh, I think um, we should. Uh, <laughs> Wrap it up, I think. I'm sorry about that. No, no but um, So this is uh, Dan Zhang thanking you, of, uh, uh, Fernando Chirino and uh, Robert Wood, for coming in and talking to us about uh, activities uh, upcoming um, this uh, week, actually. Um, could, could I announce something really sure. fast? All right, so, so besides the, the rally on Thursday at noon at the flagposters, we're also going to um, have, or somebody's going to have a teach-in on Wednesday in HH226, uh, 6 to 9. Um, and this is going to uh, you know, relate to all, all, all the attacks um, coming from you know, the state and the UC system. And how it uh, unevenly impacts people. Great. Thank you very much. This is Dan Zhang signing off for Subversity here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions expressed on the show were not necessarily those of the regents of the University of California nor the management of KUCI. <laughs>